Pixacore delivers deeply personalized, data-driven solutions that enliven the customer experience. We navigate the unique needs of HCPs and patients with targeted, agile strategies for customer journeys and drive incredible omnichannel experiences. Get to know us at Pixacore.com. Hello, my name is Larry Dobrow. I am the editor-in-chief of MM&M, and I'm thrilled to be here today for this podcast conversation with Rico Cipriasso, who is the Senior Vice President of Digital Strategy at Pixacore. We're going to be talking a little bit about data. Data are no longer off-the-rack assets. They're haute couture. So we have a pretty cool perspective on it. And Rico, thank you so much for being here to deliver that perspective. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for uh, giving us the chance and the opportunity to, to be part of this. Well, it's a great topic. So let's dive in. But first, it's our it's kind of our standard first podcast question, given what we've all been dealing with over the last two and a half years now. How are you? How is Pixacore? Um, how have you weathered this insanity that we've been dealing with for so long? <laughs> well, the good part about the past couple of years is that, you know, a lot of folks have now turned to us more in the context of, hey, how can we improve ourselves? How can we better given the current circumstances? So we've been fortunate to be with clients that see what's been happening in the past couple of years as an opportunity. So it's been actually okay. I mean, I kind of have to split between what's actually happening in the world for all the stuff and then the professional stuff. Mm -hmm. Being thankful, I think, is the way that I look at what's been happening in the past few years. You know, it's funny. Um, I think a lot of it goes back to resilience. Uh, all of us were in a place in March 2000, April 2020, where it was, okay, what's happening next? I like to think the industry, especially on the data side, really got it quickly. You know, it wasn't a, let's feel sorry for what's going on right now. It was, a, okay, let's separate the personal from the professional and let's make sure we keep going in the direction we've been going in. What's been happening has been mostly, how can we do the help? So how can we roll up our sleeves and do what's necessary? How do we move forward and how do we adjust and how do we, how do we, how, do, how can we be ready for whatever comes next? And that's the opportunity of what's been happening in the past few years. All right, which actually leads very nicely into my first question. Data. For a little while, it was kind of the buzzword and a lot of people really didn't understand it or the implications for it. But now I think the industry certainly does. And um, Pixacore is obviously a firm that has been in on this from the very beginning. Where we are right now, how often do you see sales and marketing teams aligned on how to use that data? Tell us maybe a couple examples of work that's being done that's been successful on that front. So I'll use a few examples on kind of the work that we do with our clients, but there has been greater alignment between sales and marketing instead of less because there is now a tremendous importance of eliminating that silo because of the way things are changing and the way things are working in that it's not about just talking about the brand and letting everybody know about the presence of the brand. It's how can that be then a driver to whatever the next best action is to your field force. And I'll, I'll speak to just the field force quickly in that context. Again, fortunate to have clients that we work with that understand that there is a terrific relationship between sales and marketing. And again, because of that relationship, and I yes. think relationship is the best word there because it's not about hey, one team is doing what they're supposed to without the knowledge of the other team. The more that they can use us as partners, the more that we can think about how we can aggregate all of the data signals that are happening inside of the marketplace and let both our marketing teams and our sales teams know that 
hey guys, there's something going on that you really need to react to and we're here to prepare you for it. May that be immediate knowledge of an action or an engagement or an activity so that then the field force teams can then react to it or some level of brand miscommunication that's just not resonating in the context of the target so that we can adjust and be prepared for whatever changes to come. So there's a terrific opportunity that's there and data is the signal that we collect that makes us be nimble to whatever circumstances that come. And it, it then prepares both teams to react appropriately, do what's next or do the next best step for them, do what they need to do to be better. And that's what I love about the availability of it and the possibilities it has. You uh, talked a little bit about nimbleness and flexibility in that last answer. Um, have clients come around to that? I'm sure it's sort of a case-by-case basis, but for the most part, are clients receptive to what you and your Pixicore teammates are pitching to them, are advising them? So a lot of, the, a lot of that is a combination of listening and preparing. So it's not about just pitching to them to say that you have to be prepared and you have to be nimble. Yeah. It's getting a full understanding that if we listen to our clients carefully, they will say there are X segments of customers or X segments of targets that we need to go after and that they are undergoing decision steps to make that happen. Because we know that from our work with them, we need to be prepared to say it's never going to be one size fits all. Being nimble isn't necessarily change for change sake. It's about us being fully prepared, doing our homework, making sure that we can provide relevant pathways and relevant solutions and relevant answers to clients because we know, hey, if we agree on a certain path and if it's successful, fantastic. But if things don't necessarily work out, we're prepared for whatever comes next. And that's where, again, signals are appropriate. Data is appropriate. Asking the right questions are appropriate. Collecting the right answers and making it available is important. So it's data not in the sense of bits and bytes, yes, essential for the infrastructure and the ecosystem, but we need to listen. We need to collect. We need to make sure that we're prepared. And a lot of that has to be part of the fundamental work that we would do with our clients so that they're prepared and we're prepared. To that end, um, data within the context of patient journey communications, how are you applying that to your work with your clients? Um, What are some of the considerations? What are some of the challenges and how have you gotten past them? Yeah. So I'll go specifically with the topic of listening. And And I think a lot of that has to come with our engagements, especially with patients. We know they're undergoing something very specific, undergoing something, let's just say, may that be traumatic or may that be, let's just say, chronic. But the opportunities are there for us to listen. But when I say listen, it's not just saying, oh, tactically listen, where are they responding to an email? Are they looking at stuff or are they clicking on something or are they interacting with something? It's the possibility for us to then ask about how they are, what they're doing, how they're doing. Um, what are the what are the things that you know we're not providing to you during this time? And all of those data points, in addition to all of the data points that exist in the marketplace, can give us the chance to again prepare, because our preparations for our clients are to say specifically, not hey, you know we do this today, we do this in six weeks, we do this in six weeks, and we do this in six weeks. It's you may be going back and forth, and we just need to make sure that we're ready to answer any question you may have as a patient. We're ready to know where you are. 
so that I can move you from one step to the next. And our patient comms are, again, guided in such a way that we know we need to make sure that they're aware of who we are and what we do for them, the brand. Yes. But we also need to make sure that the brand can deliver the relevant experience to them because we know you're going through something. It's about creating connection. It's about creating the opportunity to create customized messages to them so that they can go from one step to the next. The data quality question, certainly that's something which is of primary concern given how much is out there. But um, how, how can you identify data quality? <laughs> is there that conversation where it's like, all right, you know, we did a little looking around and, you know, you kind of everybody averts their glance and gives the bad news. <laughs> um, what, what are some of the requirements for Pixacore to work its magic? What Where does the data need to be? So believe it or not, that may be kind of the under the hood question, but that's actually where kind of the magic happens, ah. where um, it's about getting a full understanding about where do you get your information? And I'm we have to be very, very, let's just say, very concerned about partner sourcing, how they identify things, because there may be elements that the brand teams may or may not know that we have to know. May it be privacy? May it be the death of the cookie? And I'm sure um, a lot yes. of brands think about it. hear it from the onset or from from something that's likely to happen next summer. But we have to do that now. We have to think about um, the death of the cookie today. And then there's that like, well, it doesn't affect me. It's like, well, kind of does. Kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's about the discipline that we need to have communications with our clients. The good thing is this. Our conversations on the HCP side are, are very much driven to an individual level. Privacy is obviously very different. The way that we communicate to the um, um, to HCPs on a business-to-business level are very different than we would on a direct-to-patient level. But the discipline of making sure that the sources are vetted properly, we know we have a full understanding of what information is being collected and how they're being used. And most importantly, how can we convert that knowledge or that insight to action? And a lot of those things are, are vetted in such a way. And our questions are, let's just say, more technical in mind, where are you integrated into the trading desks that we use for direct media buying? Or are you NPI matching? Or what your direct match rates? How do you do X or how do you do Y? But it's that discipline that we need to have in the vetting of, of any data partner. And thankfully, the data partners these days know exactly that the, the death of the cookie is happening. They are actually talking to us about, they. this is how we're then converting our process from A to B. And those partnerships are, are, are valuable to us because we know exactly at what step, at what time can we then go after who we need to go after. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll be right back with more of the MM&M podcast. Pixacore drives the right content to the right person on the right channel. Inspiring new customer behavior is the guiding force behind our omni-channel strategies. We achieve better, measurable results by leveraging data-driven insights to create dynamic, bespoke journeys. Discover more at Pixacore.com. We're back with Rico Cipriaso, Senior Vice President of Digital Strategy at Pixacore. 
marketing technology platforms. Is there one, I don't want to say, is there one that's better than another? I know that was the way <laughs> the question was originally phrased, but um, which ones facilitate the ingesting of all the available data signals? Which are the ones that Pixacore has had the most uh, success with? So the good part about all of this is, again, back to the listening part. I, I think it's a consistent mm-hmm. part of everything that we do. It's We're not necessarily tied to a singular platform. So I'd love to tell you that, hey, you know, we're a Salesforce, we're a Salesforce company, we're an yeah. Adobe company, we're this, we're that. They're all terrific platforms. They're all fantastic platforms. Hey, that's why the big centers of excellence within our industry use them and, and take full advantage of it. And our job is to integrate with them and, and have the same vigilance about, hey, do you have the ability to ingest this data, this data, this data? So that's already there. But a lot of our discussions also are appropriate fit to the organization. We're very fortunate to work with um, biotechs that are, launching, that are launching their first product. So they're trying to commercialize their activity. And it becomes a discussion about, yeah, we're, you know, we're a default organization. We have to go here, but we're not necessarily ready to create that investment yet. But our conversations are, it's okay, because we're here to make sure that once we know, obviously, we're, we, we have this fantastic association, we know you're going to be at a step where you're going to be fantastic. And, you know, the big, the big boys are going to want to make sure they work with you. We know that the infrastructure that we would then recommend for them is relevant and appropriate to their business today, ready to scale tomorrow, and ready to integrate when the good things happen. So it's preparing for success is how we look at things. So there is no such thing as a singular fantastic, right? You have your market leaders. We have a fantastic team internally at Pixacore that just just does Viva specifically for our commercial teams. But we also have a team that integrates through Salesforce Marketing Cloud that does any of the MarTech stack activities. So because it, again, it is a major player. But for us, we have relationships across the board from the Adobe's to the smaller ones so that then we can right fit and select properly. I'd like to go back to what you just said about working with some new companies, you know, smaller biotechs. In a way, does Pixacore's role almost become being being the data Yoda, right? You know, in terms of <laughs> saying, all right, you know, here is where you might be going. Here is how we can get you there. How are, how are those conversations different? How would you characterize those conversations vis-a-vis ones with companies that are established? Well, I, I'd love to say Yoda, right? I, I, I love that description. Yeah. But the way that we look at it is back to multiple pillars that we need to specifically consider, right? So we've been fortunate to obviously know and have a full understanding of what the strategic imperatives of our clients will be. May that be for the next year, next three years, next five years. Knowing that and knowing that our work interacts with both brand level work and let's just say commercial team and our marketing team work, All of that is seen collectively and holistically. So our decisions and the way that we would then strategize towards that is to then say, hey, we know you're here today and given our activity and given what your needs are, you can do X, Y, or Z. So it's how to implement technology stacks, how to recommend um, um, how to uh, data capture on on an enterprise level, or may that be on an individual brand level. And then preparing that, like I said earlier, it's preparing that business to scale upward. And then 
so that when you know the time happens and you can have your second bio your, your second molecule or your third molecule or uh, with some clients it's you know the second indication to to the current molecule how can you replicate that in in let's just say a faster way given current ecosystems and then on kind of the other side working with established firms or centers of excellence it's us making sure that we provide them with the appropriate knowledge of their current implementation. Yes. And then making recommendations of what, let's just say newer stacks or newer modules or newer things that the box can do. Right now, big companies invested in this huge box to which they may or may not have used the components to its full extent. And our goal is to connect whatever the strategies are to whatever the variables of that box to maximize it. So on that side, we're more like the best mechanic that you can ever work with because we can get your car to run faster. Or we can get your car to be more gas efficient or now electronic efficient or, you know, yeah. battery efficient. Mm -hmm. But our goal on the other side is to make sure that the investments that the big firms have on the big tech stacks are working as efficiently as best possible. All right. So there is a tiny bit of a Yoda com component there, but with much better communication and no backward phrasing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to throw something else at you. The difference between channel-based contact, you know, connectivity versus outcome-driven contact, which I'm um, connection. Tell me a little bit about that. Thank you for using those words because I'm a, a, a huge proponent of the difference between connectivity and connection. Yeah, but I mean, it's not it's not like a semantic thing. It's a real difference, absolutely. especially in this context. Yeah, absolutely. Connection is what we're looking for. We're, we're looking for the opportunity to make sure that I provide fact-based information to you, whoever that target would be, to give you the most appropriate decision necessary. Maybe us, hopefully, right? In theory, it's our drug. Hopefully, it's our course of treatment. Hopefully, it's the means so we have an answer to every single question that you have. We are connecting with you so that then we know that we are helping you forward versus the singular tactic of, okay, I need an email tomorrow because I just need to make sure that I meet my touch point deadline or I need this uh, banner to, to make sure that I reach as many humans as humanly possible, even though my target universe is only a thousand people. Uh -huh. It's that level of difference that number one makes us connect to the human being that we're going after, which is I think most important, right? With all of the data that exists today, there are data points coming from a human being. And that human being is emitting all those signals and it's up to us to listen and determine what the best thing to do. And that's connection. That's everything that we do. That's understanding the journey. It's understanding appropriate insights. It's the best creative. I mean, I have fantastic colleagues that put together that terrific creative. And it's all of it. We try to take a step back and basically say, how do I connect? Mm -hmm. And you deepen it and you, in process, forge better and stronger relationships. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Rico, just one last question for you. And um, I know it's, uh, again, something which we talk about a lot on these podcast discussions, the future. And nobody is in the future predicting business after the last couple of years. <laughs> but some of the things that we've talked about today, let's say that we're talking again a year from now. What are some of the top items on your to-do list? What are some of the bigger picture industry concerns around data that you're watching? 
a year from now, I, I think it's really the balance between being proactive and being reactive. So uh, a year from now, I, I can pretty much guarantee that a lot of our clients and a lot of our even internal folks are going to ask me, what's this thing about the death of the cookie? Um, and, and, and what's this thing about, um, what's this thing about, oh my God, everybody now has to react to it. And, and again, the good part is that we're prepared and, and we're being proactive and informing our clients today and developing pilots today so that we can then inform our client to say, we're already prepared for this. This and that may not necessarily be on the radar, but we're ready for this. And this is actually the best time of year to do it because of tactical planning. Yes, it is kind of on yeah. the later side. Of, of the tactical planning season, but um, you know we're in we're in the opportunity mode to have that discussion. Um, it may or may not necessarily be top of mind, but we're prepared. And in a year from now, you know, I'm not a prognosticator. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I wish I was the guy at ESPN talking about what happens next. But <laughs> a lot of it becomes then you're now in this world. How do we then take full advantage of what this world becomes? Again, it's a very different topic entirely about AI and, and, and machine learning and technologies that surround that. But the joke I call it internally is it's basically math. And, and the good part about it is signals, data, can be done and predicted in such a way that you can take full advantage of these math tools to say, what comes next? What happens next? What would be the next best decision? What would be the next best step? What would be the pathway for this group of individuals? This, you know, this this segment, this target. All of that information could lead to better work, not necessarily reactive work, but actually proactive work. So, to me, I think of it as an arrow of being proactive. Mm -hmm. Rico, this was amazing. Thank you for the education, and um, let's let's revisit in a year. Let's see where we are and uh, kind of push it out even more into the future, right? In a year, I wish to be doing this from this office. How about that? Amen. <laughs> Rico, thank you again for your time, and thank you to Pixacore. This is the MMM podcast. I'm Larry Dobrow. Many thanks for listening. Be well. Pixacore empowers life science organizations to uncover and influence customer behavior with true omnichannel capabilities. We create a bespoke roadmap that unlocks the power of data and technology to orchestrate dynamic customer journeys. Learn how we can impact your omnichannel journey at pixacore.com.